Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of May 11th. I'm your host, D. Suave, Derek Kessinger, and as always, joined by the MVP editorial staff of Notesmaster, Kevin Kovac, Big Shot Bob, Robert Holman, and Kyle, Darren McFadden. And Kyle, starting with you, starting off with you today, Mike Marler picking up 50 grand in Wisconsin. Kind of inherited a lead from Tyler Bruning, Heartbreak Hotel. But nonetheless, a big win for the Winfield Warrior. Fifty grand is no uh, no thing to shake off. It's a pretty big time win, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. I was watching that race on stream, and you know, even though the result kind of obviously led into Marler's lap there, obviously with Tyler Bruning falling out of the lead with like seven laps to go, you know, misjudged misjudged the lap car. But uh, you know, as that race had progressed, you know, Marler led the first like 18 or so laps and then slipped back to third. I think he was like three seconds behind, you know, had Tyler Herb in between. But as the track started to clean off a little bit, you know, Mike even said in victory lane, you know, he felt like he was still the fastest car on a racetrack, just needed those opportunities. And so had those opportunities and he cashed in on it. And so, um, yeah, no, you know, he, uh, Big timely win for him, and so um, even though it, it surface level looked like it, you know, landed like in his lap, um, you know, he was there when it mattered. Obviously, you know, seventy-five lap race, you know, those long distance races obviously aren't easy to win, and you know, we know that uh, a few long distance races too that uh, you know could come into his favor, maybe even down the stretch here. You know, over this next month, you know, Eldor Million and a few other races here coming up. So, yeah, big win for Mikey. And uh, let's see if he can keep it going. Kovac, this race, when originally scheduled, was only supposed to be 30 grand, but they bumped it up only a couple months ago. You were on the grounds in Packer country. Yes, it's still in Wisconsin. So it's Green Bay Packer Nation. How was it? What was your biggest takeaway when you got there? Uh, first time ever at the facility. It raced pretty well for the most part. It kind of latched down there on Saturday. But nonetheless, it seemed like it was a very positive weekend. And just what was your biggest takeaway from it? Uh, I'll take away that it was a it was a successful weekend. There's no doubt. I think this has a, has a growth potential for a big springtime event uh, up there in, uh, in the upper Midwest. Um, I pulled in uh, you know, on Friday, on Thursday for the first day when I just drove into the racetrack. I mean, there, I, I was impressed by how many campers were already there, uh, how many cars were in the parking lot. And then I get in the pits. I mean, there was there were 38 late miles the first night and 73 uh, USMTS modifieds. I mean, again, I, 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 I could, you know, I, I could do without that many modifieds. But USMTS modifieds are good modifieds. They rarely have many, you know, caution flags. They don't. You're not going to have long shows with them other than I'm not a you know, big fan of the 15 lap B mains. You know, that's one thing I'm, I'm not thrilled about. But but anyway, that that's a that's another topic. But the, the crowd was great. It seemed like it, it built up every night, uh, had a good atmosphere at the track. You know, I mean, there was a people seemed you know, they had bonfires after the race, bands after the race. Uh, seemed like it was a good, you know, it, it had a big event kind of feel. Uh, especially because it was a new racetrack that's never had something so big, and it's uh, not a traditional late model place. It's, they have more modified racing there, really, than late models. Um, I really th- and then the, the racetrack 
it was a they it was the first time they raced all this year too so they were kind of working on that bob tim the the owner uh, you know he does he's he's on that racetrack all the time boy he does a heck of a job uh he's he's really into making his racetrack good and, and he's he's on that <laughs> he's on one of those terra gator water truck uh with the big boom coming out booms coming out the side with the, to water the track all all night long first night was it it, it wasn't it was maybe the guys were a little bit more to the bottom and then the next two nights they actually did 45 minutes of a uh, track prep each night before the late model feature and it definitely made this the friday it was perfect i mean it was, it was really racy all the way through the race you can go for that 40 laps i mean you could run all over the place and and it was really competitive and saturday's race it didn't last for 75 laps it did start to lock down and get rubbered towards the end of it probably the last 20 laps or so and uh and, and that was uh that's unfortunate but the racing before that was 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 pretty good you know like it just had to get that track ready to where it keeps the moisture i guess a little bit to the end but man i, I was really i was impressed by the weekend i was glad i went you know somewhere different new track for me um and i and i think in the weather let's not forget about that weather too it sunny. was like in the 60s 60s and sunny uh a little cloudy the first day and then it was sunny the la the next two and it didn't have to look at a radar one time uh really i mean look thursday there was a couple little showers around nothing that was gonna stop a race anyway so you don't have to worry about that but man the next two nights no rain compared to like the rest of the country how much rain was everywhere and raining things out which brought more guys like tyler herb and spencer hughes and chad simpson some of those guys ended up coming to the and, and brandon shepherd in a boom briggs car all came up to mississippi thunder because of the rain elsewhere that was a Pretty neat little, uh, you know, uh, sidelight to their weekend. But man, good, good weekend, man. Hit it on the, hit it on the dot there. That's, uh, I don't know if that'll happen every, every year for an early May race in Wisconsin. But this year the weather was great. We'll get to Robert in a second, really quick though. Just what was Tyler Bruning saying after that heartbreak uh, hotel? There were seven laps remaining, going for his biggest one of his career. I know Tyler Rinkin, our boy, he was probably devastated because he has a bet going on with Rigsby that'll win a national touring race. So. Just uh, just really quick, just describe that, because we'll get more in-depth with it later on the show with our uh, topic, but just how was it right after the race with them? Oh, man, it was it was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of despair there, a lot of sadness, man. It, it, that's that's the toughest kind of interview to do uh, when, when a guy is – he's not only – he was seven laps away from his first ever World of Outlaws win, let alone I – mean, and it would have been a $50,000 win um, – just 90 minutes from his house uh, in Iowa. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was all setting up perfect. He, he ran great. I mean, he ran a great race. Uh, he had run really well on Thursday, but until he had, he had a flat tire that kind of stopped him, slowed him down from getting a, a better finish than he did. And then on Saturday, he, you, when that track started cleaning up a little bit too, and he was like the, he was definitely the faster. He passed the guys he had to pass. He ended up getting by Tyler Herb for the lead takes and, and he pulled away and I, I could see I was watching from inside a turn two like there's a there's a smaller little uh, go-karts and, and mini sprint track in the infield so there's some banking there you know and, and I was standing on the inside of turn two on that bank of that track with a good view of the race I just I'm like this, this is I saw the track it, it was starting to lock it was locking down everybody had gone to the inside and here's Brunig coming up on the lap car. Was the first one was Lance Matthews, the you know veteran out of Minnesota, and uh, 
like I think uh, really all he needs to do here is just you know do that the, play that rubber racing game just calm himself and and, and get uh, you know pace himself where he doesn't get too close to that lap car because Mahler's second but he's not going to the outside and passing him it's not going to happen um, and then I just catch out a corner of my eye look over to turn one and he ran uh, made contact with Matthews they both go spinning I'm like oh my God what happened here what I, it, it, it happened so quick. I'm like, did, did he just run into that uh, the tangle with the lap carb? And uh, and, and that was it. And then I, Tyler Rinkin, what happened right in front of Tyler Rinkin? Your boy Tyler Rinkin oh, was right there shooting pictures, uh, right there in turn one. And I'm and I came over to him like, what the heck happened? And he was like, I don't know. I mean, I, he's showing me text he was getting from Rigsby, who was going to be asking him how much he had. He, he was going to owe him because of Brunig one would win, but. And then I and then after the race, uh, I went into the pits and I kind of just hung out. I, I think I might have spent a half an hour at at Brunig's trailer because I didn't want to miss him and get that feeling of like a me. I'd rather not have to call him later and ask him for uh, you know just because you get that immediate uh, sense of what happened. You know the 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 sadness and the heartbreak hotel. And uh, he finally came out of the hall or after a while and. The first thing I asked him, you know, you know what happened, and he just said he 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 ran into a lap car and spun out, and, and that was it. I'm like, oh my god, I don't I think he's gonna say anything more. I think that's it. Uh, he was like barely barely saying anything there. He opened up a little bit more, but you could just tell how disappointed he was. I mean, that that was would have been the biggest win of his career, and uh, with in front of a lot of people, probably he knows because he wasn't that far away from home. And man, I felt felt bad. You, you feel bad even asking any questions to a guy, but uh. When, it, when that happens, because he basically went in his hauler and stayed there for a half an hour after the race just to kind of, you know, with nobody in there other than Walter the dog. His crewman's uh, dog, Walter, was with him, but uh, he, he it was a tough one for him, and I'm sure it's still still in his mind today. Just feel for the guy there, but he's been faster and faster each and every year. He's been in the super late model division in that red Skyline Motorsports car. Robert? I thought it was kind of an old school type weekend because the Lucas Oil Rain Series was canceled again at Ponderosa in Florence. And then you had guys that weren't expecting to go up to Wisconsin. I thought that was pretty cool that we kind of had that old school feel where we had guys showing up on Friday. We had Sheppy, we had Tyler Herb, Spencer Hughes. I think that's still kind of a neat thing that kind of gets my uh, heart going a little bit because it kind of brings back my childhood when you don't really know when guys are going to be there or not. Yeah, I mean, you had a few extra guys show up. I don't think it was. Uh... You know, you know, I don't think it it was a a bus load. Obviously, you know, if you guys made the trip up, um, it's so far up there that uh, if you're, you know, Spencer Hughes' team, it's not like they're based in Mississippi just because he's from Mississippi. So, you know, for a guy like him, it's not that that bad. You know, Shepard, you know, wasn't planning on coming up there. You know, he shows up and drives booms backup car so they didn't really bring a car it, it was just it's so far up there that you, you, they're just you know tyler Herb, he's there in ohio you know is that that was mid-range guys that were kind of halfway there all, all you know i'm down here in tennessee i don't think that you're gonna have a guy from from uh from down this area just make a mad sprint up there to to run uh, the way diesel and stuff is now so but yeah i mean you're right it was it was pretty cool with uh with because of the Lucas deal um, being, you know, personally, I, I wish the Lucas deal had not been rained out because that's where I was supposed to go, obviously. 
but with uh with it being rained out you did have a few extra cars uh made for a little little bit more excitement uh i'm not sure who even ran the best maybe tyler herb you know definitely was was solid up there and, and definitely spencer hughes getting up there for the first time so uh kudos to those guys for making the trip for not just sitting still you know it's been tough especially on the lucas deal with all the rain you know you want to race somewhere you want to try to go out and make some money you don't want to have to drive all the way to wisconsin to do it but uh that's the options were this particular weekend especially there was just were no options it just like i expected a ton of races to get rained out on friday night and they did and then it's, the hammer just kept falling on Saturday too, and 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 races getting rained out on Saturday. Some shows that I didn't expect to get rained out on Saturday. So we got our race in at Duck River. If anybody wonders, uh, we went over there and ran, but uh, we loaded up in the rain, you know. And we're sitting there thinking, "Oh my God, I can't believe we're loading our car up in the rain to go to Duck River uh, to to write race." We'll never, you know. They wish me luck when I left the house, and I'm like, the luck part of be just getting getting to race. So with all the races that were rained out everywhere, um, anybody got a show in this weekend. They were pretty fortunate. And for those guys who made the trip up to, to Wisconsin, you know, they're trying to make money, trying to make a living. So uh, you've got to go where the got to go where the money is. That's kind of the name of the game. And Robert, you're I'm not going to say your boy because you get kind of mad at that sometimes. But Dennis Herb Jr. extended his lead to 98 points and. Are we just going to lock him up as the champion? Because if he loses it and blows it, it could be a historically bad, like, debacle. Like, it could be worse than, like, any comeback in the NBA or NFL football game, you know. So, just letting you know, I was just, uh, just we're going to lock him up the championship. He's running pretty solid, which I like to see from the Illinois driver. You know, I'm not going to put any added pressure on him. I'm not sure if he feels pressure you know, or not to, to close this deal out. But we're still a long, long ways away from – from deciding a champion you know yes it's a big lead uh yes he's he's running well uh so uh, is he the favorite right now i definitely I, th I think so but anything could happen uh and it's just a matter of when and, and it probably will at some point you know you're gonna have bad luck at some point it's a matter of how quick you you can right the ship you know how quick you can turn things around and Turn, you know, and, and I go look at kind of this past weekend up there for him to leave with extending the points lead is, is actually pretty impressive. You know, he goes up there and he's he's the fa overall fast qualifier on Thursday night. OK, he barely doesn't win his heat race. I think Mikey Marler just nips him, or, you know, kind of he's really close right there in the heat race. Uh, like a half a car length or something is one of the photos that I saw. I didn't really see that. Uh, he, he's close to winning his heat, and uh, he winds up running seventh, I think, in the feature on that first night. Well, think about this. There was a, a, a mid-race caution where he was underneath. He was on the quarter panel of Mike Marler. So this is the same Mike Marler who won the heat race and was gotten to the redraw. The same Mike Marler who was showed great speed, you know, the first night and the third night. Uh, obviously, with by winning the the 50k, and so he's on the quarter panel inside his his inside line there, trying to pass Mikey when the caution comes out, and he was trying to pass Mikey for fifth place. Had that caution come out two laps later or not come out at all, 
he probably makes that pass eventually, and who knows how the race finishes. But instead, he is sixth place on the restart. I don't know how who went where, but he got bumped to the outside on the restart, and it was just disastrous. He just kept getting passed and passed and passed until he finally got back down and was in like 10th, and then he, I think, came back to finish 7th. So that was actually – and then Mike, you know, Mikey went on and finished 3rd that night. So he was trying to, you know, so that tells you how close these things are and how, how it can go. You know, that's a 10-point swing, 3rd to 10th or 3rd to 7th or somewhere. And, you know, that's about 8 to 10 points in there somewhere. So that tells you how things can just kind of go kind of sideways all in a hurry. Here you are heading maybe to a podium finish, caution comes out, and you're back in 10th. And you have to work like hell just to get back to 7th. Uh, okay, so then you come back the next night. And he was, didn't even make the freaking show, you know, takes a provisional to get in the race. I think Mike Marler, you know, was equally as slow. So, you know, things flipped the next night. We're at the same racetrack. Things flip. And there towards the end, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, he's back in like 18th or 19th. And Max Blair was right around there with either right in front of him or right behind him. And all of a sudden, in the last 10 laps, he passes four cars. And instead of Max Blair gaining points on him, you look up and and Dennis has has gained six or eight points on Max in that second night. Come to the third night, he wins a Conti, starts in the back, and drives to fifth. Those are the types of things that you have to do if you are going to win a championship. Those are the types of things, those are the types of not outstanding performances, but just kind of kind of Dennis Herb-like performances, you know, you just keep digging. And uh, those are the types of things that you, that if Dennis is going to win this deal, that he's going to have to do, they're going to have to grind, you know, night after night after night. And uh, I, I definitely think it's, it's possible. And if you look at the guys chasing him, I just feel like Dennis is the most consistent of those guys, whether it be Max or uh, Tyler Bruning, or Tanner, and then you look at uh, Josh Richards had a great run, had an excellent run on Saturday. He gets up to third, uh, but he, look how many points he is behind. You know, so I just think that Dennis is the most consistent of the the group right now. And if he just continues to, you look up and you know, and think about what how Shepard just killed these guys. Yeah, he went out win won a dozen races a year, definitely, but. Also, Shepard, just when you think you've gained points on him, you look up, he's in the top five. You know, like when Madden was racing him. You look up and Madden thinks, okay, well, I've gained 10 points on him. Well, no, you lost two or you only gained two. Or It's really close, really close racing. And uh, and if uh, Dennis can kind of have that same approach, just, just keep digging and keep getting points, then uh, it's going to be hard for, I think, anybody to kind of overtake him. Yeah, let's see if the one-man band can finish strong. I know it's only May. He's got plenty of national touring experience. I think he'd be a well-deserved winner if he could win his first-ever national championship. That's in the rearview mirror, Wisconsin. Kyle, I'm like a kid in the candy store this week. Illinois Speed Week, the first-ever Spoon River, Lincoln, Farmer City, and Fairbury, a $10,000-to-win champion points fund at the end of it. Just four Illinois bowl rings, well, the exception of Spoon River, kind of like an atomic, but 
I cannot wait for this. We're going to have probably near to 40 to 50 race cars each night. Illinois fans are going to come out in full force just because we really haven't been racing at all. It's kind of the first uh, big-time racing we're going to have around here. I am looking forward to it. I mean, I'm so happy right now. Yeah, I would be too if I were you. I have never taken in an experience or just a race like in the land of Lincoln before. That changes next month, though, next June, going to some uh, summer national races out um, in your neck of the woods there, Derek. But, yeah, no, um, you know, huge week coming up, obviously. You know, you got the flow racing night in America, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, and then wrapping it up with the uh, Mars Series hosting those two races. Brandon Shepard, Bobby Pierce, Tyler Herb, you know, three uh, three ringers in the land of Lincoln, you know, going at it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm going to be in Charlotte this week for the XR deal. So, you know, kind of wish that, you know, one was this week and the other – was next week, you know, it's kind of a shame, um, you know, to have both in the same week, you know, so, but yeah, no, it's uh, going to be a good week and we'll see what the locals can do too. You know, I'm not too familiar yet with the locals out uh, in the land of Lincoln, but we'll see if there's an opportunity there for them to step up um, on that kind of stage with split fields per se, with, you know, some being down in Charlotte some being up in Illinois, we'll see uh, how that all kind of shakes out. But, you know, Bobby Pierce, I was kind of looking through the stats and, you know, Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard, I think, you know, they they took uh, nine of the 16 races last year um, at, at the four tracks in play this week, Illinois Speed Weeks. So, you know, we'll see if their dominance continues too. Yeah, two things. A couple locals to keep an eye on. McKay Winger at Fairbury, former track champion there. He'll be tough to beat. Has a fast race car ready this season. Um, and Mike Spatola, he's always pretty solid there. So, so some locals that you can get used to there, Kyle. I guarantee one of them will make some noise and maybe we'll have them uh, pull off an upset and get the win. And Kovac, Illinois has been your summer home the last eight years since you worked at Dirt on Dirt. You've seen <laughs> all four of these racetracks. They all race very well. This uh kind of describe uh, how great this is for the lane of Lincoln because they do have great racing, great fans, and just uh, four tracks that are very racy. Oh, yeah, four little bull rings. And uh, I guess uh, I guess Spoon River and Lincoln are a little bigger. I guess maybe they'd be considered more of a one-third, uh, you know, three-eighths other than uh, uh, than the two quarters with Farmer City and Fairbury. We know that Farmer City can race really well. We know that Fairbury, that, that, that reputation is always there. It's always great racing. Uh, Spoon River is <clears throat> the track that I mean. I the first time I went there to cover Summer Nationals race. Now I mean, well, I think that you know five, you know, six, seven years ago. You guys are all telling me like, I mean, oh, it's not going to be very good. I mean, like, I, like that the reputation there hadn't been very good for Sp- uh, Spoon River. It probably rubber up or something. And and it was one of the best races I've seen all year. I mean, there was you know, I mean, there, there was battling for the lead i mean it was right down to the wire great racing good high banks on that racetrack i like that place and and i've been there several times since then every time i've been to spoon river it's never disappointed it's it's been good i mean i'd rank that as one of the best tracks in the in the country from just what i've seen i mean i haven't seen that many races there so i haven't had any clunkers really but uh every time i i go it's good and in lincoln been there a few times too that's more 
it, it, it I, I see Lincoln more of as a longer straightaways than in, in tighter turns than in some of the more uh, some of the, like a farmer city's more rounded and uh, maybe maybe Lincoln's maybe a bigger Fairbury you know like it, it's not I like that circular uh, track but has that black dirt from uh, the of of uh, land of Lincoln that's for sure it's good race in there too I've seen some good stuff uh, uh, some good uh, good events there so. Uh, it, it, it's a good four night swing. I mean, I, if you're going to have four, four races in a row, it's really, you don't see this very often anymore where you have four nights in a row that are so close together. Uh, it's, I think what hour and a half radius, I think of the four races. And, um, usually like, uh, in the summer nationals, even they're not that close to, you don't get those back, those back to back to back to back races right in your back, right in the same area. Uh, they try to shy away from that. It seems like anymore, but so uh, this is, that's kind of a little old school kind of feel too of it when you have uh, four races so close together, uh, right, right in the heart of Illinois. And um, I think it, 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 I'm looking at the weather forecast for tomorrow, uh, you know, so for the first race, the Wednesday race, it's showing what 90 degrees it's hitting into the nineties. I mean, we're, we're, we're shooting straight to summer. It looks like, I mean, I don't know if you've looked at the war forecast there, to, uh, Derek, but I mean, this says ninety. It says ninety. Well, I know, but it's like it's in May, and we've been freezing cold. It seems like every week, and now suddenly, like you snap your finger, and we're right. That's kind of what happens sometimes, you know. You, you, with not much of a spring, I guess. Everything's been so cold and rainy, and and then suddenly here we are, ninety some degrees uh, uh, in the middle of May. So uh, it's a uh, it, it'll warm up. Get your shorts out, Derek. All right, you know, and uh, and and cover that race, and uh, hopefully there'll be some hopefully there'll be some exciting stuff happen this weekend, which I, I think there will be with all the all the guys that'll be there. Yeah, I'll be on the grounds Friday and Saturday. I've been begging Rigsby to kick me off uh, late model night in America in the studio so I could go check out Spoon River and Lincoln. Uh, actually, be on the grounds, but I guess the people need me is what Rigsby said, which I don't agree with. I just rather go to the track and watch them. Robert, you came calling. You're like, Todd, you need to send me up there for these four races. And you told me before this we got on, I'm saying in Lincoln for all four nights. I mean, Spoon River to Lincoln, 57 miles. Lincoln to Farmer City, 41 miles. And Farmer City to Fairbury, 39 miles. 137 miles driven for the teams. 10K points fun for the champion. I mean, this is like a racing vacation for racers, racing vacation for fans. You can't beat this. I know. Like Charlotte this weekend, they're going to be in the same racetrack. But a little change of scenery is kind of like the charm and a little bit romantic, I think. It, it is uh, really awesome. And, and definitely when when this thing was first uh, announced uh, and we were looking uh, over our schedules and stuff. And at that time, of course, uh, Kyle had not joined us on, on the staff. And so I'm like, I raised my hand immediately, say, sure, I'm, I'm game to go do those races uh, for sure. because. I have been to all four of those tracks as well. And Derek, I know how you homers are up there with your race tracks and stuff, and especially with your, your, your Fairberry and, and how much you love it. But you know that I've actually seen, let me make sure I word this correctly. I've seen fewer bad races at Spoon River than I have at Fairberry. What about that? Fewer, fewer bad races. Now, I've only been to, I've only been to Spoon River a couple times, and if you remember, the very first time I came to Fairbury several years ago at Rubbered, you remember that? I remember. I remember that. Yeah, 
Yeah, everybody blamed it on me coming from the south, you know, <laughs> that Fairbury Rubbers, you know, for the first time in like a, two decades or whatever. But, but yeah, I was like, what's up? What's the big deal with this Fairbury? I go up there and it races just like a track down home. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I, I've seen I've seen uh, some excellent races, obviously, since then at Fairbury. And I've been to Fairbury many more times than I have to Spoon River. So in Fairbury's defense, uh, that that's why I can say that I've I've only been to Spoon River a couple times. So, but one thing that I did notice about Spoon River when I first went there, it seemed like a southern track to me with its uh, with the, the banks and the way it raced. And I just uh, there are a lot of tracks up there that I'm like I can't really compare this to anything down home. But then I got to Spoon River and I'm like you know this kind of the corners kind of remind me of uh, Duck River and the straightaways kind of remind me of Winchester. And, you know, there, there were just some similarities to, to uh, the tracks, you know, that I'm used to down here in the South. And uh, so that was really cool. And it's one of those, it's Spoon River is just different, you know? Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting there. And like you said, I'm staying in Lincoln all four nights. I'm, uh, you know, three miles from the racetrack uh, one night and, and a, an hour from each of the other three so it's really incredible to get uh to get to do that so and and like uh, kevin said the weather when i was packing uh my stuff to to come to these events you know you always in may i've been i've been up there you know in june and had to have a jacket i've been up up there when the sun goes down and and you know getting the mid 50s or whatever which is not terrible but you throw on a jacket or a sweatshirt or something but you know, I went to Duck River on Saturday night, and I think the high down here was like 58. So I'm packing my stuff and getting ready to come up there. And, and uh, I'm like, I wonder how many pairs of shorts I should even pack. And I checked the weather, and it says the high over there in Banner, Illinois, is going to be 93 degrees on Wednesday. 93? And that was 58 down wow. here, you know, Saturday. So you're looking at a 30, what's that, 35, uh, 35 degree swing. So, uh, you know, is it okay to say swing? Thirty-five de- degree swing. Anyway, uh, it's uh thirty-five. <laughs> sorry, I'm showing my age there. Uh, but anyway, back at the ranch, I lost lost my train of thought. The uh the weather is supposed to be good finally, and if you can get it's May still. If you can get that kind of weather up through the Midwest this time of year, like you said. Car count is going to be great. The fans are chomping at the bit to get out, right? I mean, they've been cooped up for how long? You know, Bobby Pierce has to drive to Wisconsin just to get a race in. I mean, all these guys have just been cooped up. The fans have been cooped up. The drivers have been cooped up. You know, drivers are like, we're not going to race anywhere. Then I look at their Facebook. Oh, we broke down and loaded up and went so-and-so just because we wanted to race. All these people are just chomping at the bit. It's I just it's going to be a really cool week there in Illinois, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to getting it going. Yeah, it's four nights of racing with big money. It's for guys like Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard, kind of a lighter load. Springs kind of quiet. I know Bobby got a win there the other night, but really hasn't been racing much here in 2022. And Sheppy, you know, hasn't had that big time spring fling and build up so if these guys can get win three or four they can get definitely back in the mix for driver of the year in my opinion and we mentioned earlier about tyler bruning heartbreak hotel i mean going for his first ever national win big time uh victory fifty thousand dollars and it got me thinking kovac kind of wrote it in the group 
chat on Slack, what should our topic be? It was kind of just uh, things where you remember when there was a heartbreak city when you interviewed a guy after a race because, you know, these drivers are human and there's a lot of money involved in this sport. And if you do it, take it professionally and you're going for a big time win and some heartbreak thing happens, you know, it's very devastating for them because they are human. They have emotions. I know that some people, fans, and, you know, we just think of them as like heroes sometimes. Well, you know, they are human and they have those emotions and stuff like that. So we're going to go around the room and talk about uh, maybe an example of a time where you just saw a driver heartbreak hotel interview him and you could kind of feel it for him. You could see it in their eyes because Kovac said uh, it was a very distraught Tyler Bruning on Saturday night up there in Wisconsin. So, Kyle, we'll go with you. There's one stick out to you that maybe, I don't know, if you maybe you interviewed him or saw it on TV and you just saw the tears coming out. Does one come to mind, bud? Well, I was just kind of thinking that through. And obviously, well, actually last year, last fall, Gary Stoller was in position to lock up the track championship at Port Royal. And obviously those, you know, Gary Stoller, you know, he doesn't need no introduction. Uh, but he had never won a track championship at Port Royal, right? You know, and so he was literally. I think he he was like ten points ahead of Dylan Yoder going into that final race, and uh, you know he needed to finish a spot or two ahead of Dylan, and there was like three laps to go, two laps to go, and and he's like two or three spots ahead, and everybody's like strung out, and I'm thinking like, oh, like this is going to be great, you know, like you know get to talk to Gary Stuhler after first track championship at Port Royal, another track championship. Like, oh, this is this is just perfect. And then caution comes out. It's like two laps to go. And uh, the way he lined up on the restart, he lined up on the inside or something like that. However, that played out. <laughs> Literally, worst case scenario happened. You know, Dylan gets a huge run on, on the restart. And uh, now he's stalking Gary down the backstretch or something like that. It's uh, – Two laps to go. Couldn't make the pass with two laps to go. Literally, white flag. He passes Gary, and I think he needed another pass too. Um, I think Gary was third or no fourth. At the, fourth at the time, Dylan was third. Andy Haas was in second, and uh, literal last corner of the season, uh, Dylan sticks it in there pretty hard <laughs> on Andy's side. Sides. Uh, Dorsum going into turn three, takes second. He finishes second. He's a track champion. Gary Stuller comes home fourth. I think he loses track championship by five points. More lighthearted there than I would have, you know, anticipated, expected. Not to the degree of, you know, Tyler Bruning like this past weekend. Um, but I felt for him probably more there. Um, that's probably one that sticks out. Um, just because I haven't been covering late models as long as you guys. So that's that's just kind of one of them um, <laughs> that I just kind of felt the felt the sorrow and a little bit of heartbreak there for Mr. Smooth and Beast of the East, Gary Stuller. Almost uh, had it last year. Almost had I it. I love Kovac knows I love Stuller. He's won in like seven decades, hasn't he, or six, Kovac? Yeah, I don't know if it's seven decades. I mean, that's uh, he's not been alive in seven decades yet. He's still in the 60s, but let's not make him that old, Derek, okay? But, um, yeah, he, he, he's won in most of the decades that he's been alive. So right. that's quite a bit. Yeah, so Kovac, other than Bruning the other night, does another one stick out for you? Because 
I mean, that was more recent memory for you, but you've been doing this for a long time. I'm sure something has came out where you're like, man, feel for the guy. Oh, well, this I'm going a little little bit different direction here, but this was one that was a driver that was he went from the 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 thrill of victory to a little few days later to not uh, to the agony of defeat. It was back back in two twenty thirteen. You remember Jason Feger won the Illini one hundred at Farmer State. Oh, I know it's one of it's a bad memory for Illinois, uh, but. Beggar wins the, the 2013 Illini 100. Big $20,000 World of Outlaw win. Biggest win of his career. Still still would, would rank as the biggest win of his career. But a few days later, his tire failed the post-race analysis. So he was stripped of the win. And you know, so I, I don't like, I just, I do remember, I talked to him after the race. I was with the World of Outlaws at that point, actually, doing the PR. So, um. I talked to him after the race there at the track that, I mean, it was a party going on there. It was just so much enjoyment. I mean, it was backyard. He wins the big race. It was great scene. And then to learn a few days later that I have to talk to him over the phone uh, about his loss of being disqualified from that race and having to pay the fine back and not being uh, suspended for, you know, three months or whatever it was or six months. I'm not even sure. I can't remember exactly, but, that was uh, when you you talk to a. I, I'm not standing there, uh, seeing the eyes and the you know and, and the disappointment in the face like I did with Tyler Brunig when he came out of his uh, Toter home at at Mississippi Thunder on Saturday night. I mean, uh, standing in front of him, you you it's it's a, it's it's hard to be like man, it, it, you feel bad just for that guy. But over the phone, I could you could tell how. How crushing it was for Jason Feger to have learned that he was disqualified. You know, I mean, there was uh, he he did. I remember talking talking to him, and he was trying to figure out what happened. How did this happen? You know, and I think he's still trying to figure that out. Eight, uh, nine years later, um, it's still a, a, a horrible moment in his career because he hasn't. You, know, you hope like in nine years he would have been able to get another win that would surpass that or win the Illini even. And he hasn't been able to, so that makes that 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 memory even worse for him. But uh, I, I'll, that's that's like always remember talking to him on the phone. I think I was, I think I, we were going to a race down south. I think it was somewhere maybe in Tennessee or somewhere. Uh, the week at, when I, I was in a hotel talking to him uh, about what it, Jason what happened, and you know, so I can always remember that. That scene, it's just, uh, it was, it was, it was terrible. I felt so, so you feel so bad even having to talk to a guy after they've learned that they were uh, disqualified from a, a big win like that. Well, you didn't have to put a dark cloud over Illinois Speed Week, Kobach. Oh, jeez, come on, D. Yeah. This is old. This, you know, this is nine years <laughs> yeah. ago. Maybe he'll oh, bounce back. Dad, now Papa Fager can maybe get a big W this week. Traxy has plenty of laps on. Mine is no doubt 2020, the Intercontinental Classic at Eldora. Kyle Strickler, dominant from the get-go, goes into turn one and gets a flat tire, and he's limping down the backstretch. You hear Essex and DJ just going bananas. Obviously, there's no crowd there. I couldn't even imagine that place if there was a crowd of that happening. And he's limping and limping. JD gets the win, and Flow Racing was doing like a follow Kyle Strickler the whole time, like behind the scenes. So we got like all the action, great shots. It's be- it's beautiful video, no doubt. But man, getting out of the car and talking to Ben, he is just 
pretty much bawling. He's hysterical, crying, just saying, man, oh, man, we had this. And you can just tell Eldora means so much to Kyle Strickler. He was going to get a big $50,000 payday, national TV audience watching on Flow, and he was just devastated, and he was just gut-wrenched. And, I mean, I remember, like, man, man, this guy's – I consider him one of my buddies. He's good to me all the time. We go out, you know, at races and we get rained out or something like that. And to see him just not getting that check and being the fast car and dominant, you just really felt for him. And then even when we interviewed him, like, 30 to 40 minutes later for the Dirt on Dirt coverage, he's still tearing up just thinking about it. And, man, he just thinks about it all the time still because in interviews when we talk about Dory, he says, that place owes me one. So that one is definitely – the top tier for me. I happened in 2020. Kyle Strickler, that was just that was brutal. Robert, what about you, man? You know what I what I take away from that Strickler deal is is him sitting on the side of his car, just you know, is kind of his his yeah. hands that as a kind of a. I think that shot really is almost as iconic as the the Scott Bloomquist, you know, with the checkered. I mean, with the American flag and the hair blowing in the background. I mean, just just the. Uh, it was just agonizing seeing that photo. It was very, it's a great photo. Um, you know, people, for clarification, and I think I speak for all of us, we don't enjoy talking to drivers after such things any more than they want to talk to us. Drivers and fans both should realize that when stuff like that happens, it, we, I, I personally dread talking to to someone because i know it's difficult for them sometimes to put things into words and sometimes it's difficult for them to put things into words when they win so you know you have a situation like that and you let something get away it can be really difficult for for guys and some of them you know we've gotten to know a lot of these guys and we know how some of them are moody and we know how you know it's it's difficult for us sometimes to approach guys but it's our job and we have to. And uh, it's just uh, not something that we look forward to. You know, we would much rather have some kind of other storyline uh, fueling, fueling the night, not, not something like that. You know, that's just me personally, but as far as actual heartbreaks like that, you know, I, I remember talking to Scott Bloomquist one time when he was leading at uh he was leading at Bulls Gap. This is maybe the first time I ever talked to him. It's the early 90s. He's leading at Bulls Gap and spun. Uh, he spun out uh, as he's going through some lap traffic and stuff, but he wasn't really, you know, all that heartbroken. Of course, there's uh, Kevin was on the grounds there at uh, Charlotte when uh, when Josh Richards, you know, lost the championship deal, uh, uh, I guess, to Eckert. I think that was in 2011, maybe, I, I think. Uh, so. But Richards, you know, he came in trailing anyway, I think. So it's not like he he lost something. He was he lost it at that point in the race. So he wasn't all that distraught, I don't guess, either. So people people take things differently. Um people, a lot of them can just take it in stride and roll on about their business. You know, I think Mike Marler's probably one of the best in the business about taking things in stride and just going going on about business. And then some guys it really things just really stick with them. Uh, for a long, long time, and and those guys uh, like that, you know, we we feel for them for sure. One of the most, uh, I guess, personal stories, and I'll try to make this as, as quick as possible. One of the most personal stories that I can remember is back in two thousand four. We're talking, 
was that, 18, 18 years ago, uh, my, my own brother, we were at Winchester Speedway. We're racing two cars. I have a, I have my car there who, and it's being driven by a good friend of mine named Jeff Eccles. And, uh, my brother has his car there. And actually it was actually, I guess I'd bought the car for him and he put all his equipment and stuff on it and put his motor in it. And he was about to leave to go to the Navy, uh, that year. And this was like in May and he was leaving to go to the, the Navy, you know, really soon. And so we kind of just went to Winchester and Duck River together and <clears throat> racing both cars. And I remember we had been rained out the week before. And so we had to come, we had to run double features that night. So instead of qualifying stuff to speed things up, uh, they, we just did a pill draw, which is, you know, that's a whole nother subject, but it's apparently it's unholy to say the word pill draw in the South now. But anyway, uh, we just did a pill draw and, um, it's like if the first set of features that we were making up didn't get finished by a certain time, then they were just going to line up all the other features by the pill draw, to make sure they got them done. And so as the, as the day went on there and some of those lower divisions had some spin outs and stuff, it was obvious that we weren't going to get to qualify. We weren't going to get to run heats that that pill draw was going to be, you know, was going to set up the feature. So my brother had drawn a one, uh, Matt Jackson, a, a local racer here, drawn a, a two and we drew a three. So my brother is, I mean, keep in mind that this, he had only raced like a dozen, 15 times in his entire life in any kind of vehicle. I mean, anything. We're 12, 15 races into his career and he's starting on the pole of this limited late model race at, at Winchester. And we're starting behind him and we're running for a track championship. And I'm telling him when the race starts, just kind of get out of the way, basically, you know, don't hold us up because, you know, we're trying to win this point still. And so, you know, that was kind of my mindset. Well, the race starts, Matt Jackson gets the jump and takes off and is leading the race. And my brother is, uh, falls into second and runs there for pretty much the whole race. So like 18, 19, it's a 25 lap race, 18, 19 laps in, uh, there's no pressure on anybody. We're just all sitting out there riding, basically trying to finish out the race there and getting into turns, uh, three and four as, uh, I guess right kind of in the middle of the center, I can see it just so vividly right now. Uh, I guess Jim picked up the throttle a little bit too soon. The track was really sick and keep in mind, this is also a leaf spring race car. Uh, he picks up the throttle and just loops the car completely and, and takes him out of second place. And so, uh, you're like, man, he was having a great run. That's a bummer, but my still, my car is still coming up through there. You know, we're still trying to, you know, win this point still. So I, at that point, then I changed my focus to my own race car. Well, the race ended, Matt Jackson took the checkered flag. We finished second in that race. And my brother came back and finished like sixth or seventh and go to the scales. And Matt Jackson is 10 pounds too light. So he loses the race. You look back and you're like, okay, so that means we won. Uh, Jeff Eccles won the race in my car. Then you're like, wait, had Jimbo, had Jim not spun out right there with like six to go, he wins this. He, he would have won this race. I know he would have backed into a win. And I know, but you get for a person who'd only raced a dozen times or so, it was, I had to ride home with him. 
And uh, my car, uh, my car went back to, to another town where we were keeping it at Jeff's shop, and and my brother's car came back to my house. So we rode together, and so I had to ride all the way home with me. It was beyond an interview. It was it was a, a thirty minute ride all the way home about what could have been and what should have been and what what happened. And I'm not even sure he remembers to this day what happened. I'm not sure he could tell you what happened to keep him from winning that race, but it would have been his first win. Instead, he had to wait like three or two more years to get his first win. And so it was, uh, uh, so that's kind of a person. It's at any level, it doesn't matter. And I like to, I love this, this podcast here that we get to talk about the national guys and the regional guys and, and, uh, and, for the local guys, man, it's it could be just as heartbreaking whether or not you're driving an open wheel or if it's your first street stock race or, you know, if you're out there in, in pure pony and you're trying to win and something happens, it can be equally as devastating to to those guys. And so uh, so just trying to trying to shed a little light on what uh, I guess how the despair that could uh, it's a long ride home whether it's a 30 minute ride home or a two hour ride home it's it's a long ride when you let one get away and uh and like i said before this lengthy story it's uh not something that we as reporters enjoy going and talking to these drivers about because man it's uh we feel for them i know i do because i've been on that side of it and so it's i, I really feel for these guys when something like that happens derek yeah, and it makes our jobs easier when the, you get the no controversy, no heartbreak, and you just get the winner and stuff like that. But that's why it makes our sport interesting when you have drama and craziness and shenanigans that happen. But all in all, we do not like going up to guys and talking about them. You are right, Robert. Well, guys, the show's almost over. and We always finish off with one more thing. Kyle, what do you got? I'll keep it brief. Um, mentioned it earlier, but I'm going to be in Charlotte this week for the four race XR deal at the dirt track Charlotte. So follow along with coverage. You can find me on Twitter at by Kyle McFadden. And then obviously follow dirt on dirt too on Twitter. If you haven't already for all the coverage and stories to come from uh, that end of the racing world this week. Perfect. Yeah. Make sure to check it out. Mine is going to be, I want people to tweet at me, dswab underscore 12. Watch the battle between Ricky Weiss and Kovacs boy Shane Clan at East Alabama. They were basically driving too dangerously almost, trying to wreck each other. I haven't seen that in a long time, so I thought it was very interesting. Uh, two guys that have the same mentality when racing. They're just going to go after each other. And they said, I feel like both of them just talking to them, seeing them race. If one person does it to me, I get to owe them back. They both got DQ'd luckily, and sent off the track. But I want you to reach out to me, tweet at me, dswab underscore 12, whose fault was it? Because it was uh, pretty bananas and crazy there at East Alabama. It was something we haven't seen in a while, like that dramatic and that like certain that both these guys are going to take each other out. So that was uh, something cool we saw at the Spring Nationals there. Luckily, everybody was okay. They got DQ'd for it. But uh, it was definitely some fireworks down there, huh, Kovac? Uh, I, I I don't haven't heard, I haven't seen any video of any post race uh, altercations, but man, that you remember a few years ago, uh, Ricky and and Shane had one of the best uh, shouting matches in the pit area that you've ever seen. I mean, I, I, they were face to face, just screaming, and 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 and, and you know, you even had Clanton doing one of his bullshit, one of the big yelling scream, and you know, I mean, it it was just it was uh, I, I was one. You got if you. 
you know, look that up. You know, you know, do a search for that. Google that one and uh, see if you can find that on YouTube somewhere, that their video of those two going at it. But uh, for my one more thing, I, I just want to give a shout out to James Giassi, the fourth place finisher uh, in the uh, Dairyland Showdown at uh, at Mississippi Thunder on Saturday night. A Wisconsin, 25-year-old Wisconsin driver. Uh, he works at uh, MB Customs with uh, Jimmy Mars. So uh, he's uh, uh, definitely an MB Customs uh, loyalist and gave uh, Jimmy Mars a lot of credit because he said he wanted to do well for a, a guy like Jimmy Mars for helping him and everything he's done. And, and what was so cr- pretty neat about uh, James's uh, his fourth place finish in, in the 75 lapper, this was this past weekend was his first running with an open competition motor. I mean, he's run in super late model races before, uh, you know, with uh, more of the, the Wasoda, the, you know, the, 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 the smaller engine, the, I mean, the less powerful engine. And he has open comp uh, pro power now. And first weekend out with it, he gets a top five finish in a World of Outlaws race uh, and a, a 75 lapper on top of that. That was pretty cool. He was, he was pretty pumped up about it. Uh, so, uh, and also I'm a little side note on, on James Jossie. When I walked up to him, Derek, I think you'll get a kick out of this one. Uh, I go up to James and he says, Hey, it's the notes master. So, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh, he's obviously listening to the podcast and, and your comments here, Derek. So again, uh, congrats to James Jossie. Hopefully he, uh, we'll probably see him in a few other, uh, bigger races, world of outlaws and, and maybe like the Lucas oil race at like deer Creek, possibly if, uh, if everything's going well for him this year and, and see if he can uh, duplicate what he did at Mississippi Thunder. Yeah. Shout out to Nitro. Always great to talk to at Cedar Lake. He's always up there competing in the, the other late model spec competition there for the USA nationals. Robert finish us strong, baby. What do you got? What's your one more thing? I just uh, wanted to comment on the, it's just some schedule changes with uh, the Southern all-stars. Uh, you know, you've got some some big races coming up for that series, the XR Southern All-Star Racing Series. And, of course, with me being down here, that used to be the premier series. Uh, it's the longest running series, continuously running series in the nation anyway. But it, for me being in the South, it used to be the series that uh, – and I like to see that their schedule is kind of on a bounce back. And they're, they're really scheduling uh, some – going to some – some of their older tracks that they've been to in the past, uh, like Columbus, Mississippi, and just some places. And anyway, they've got a couple of changes coming up that just a, a note, I guess you'd say. Mike Head Memorial, which is, uh, you know, Mike Head, man, what a great guy that that guy was. That we could do a couple shows on him. But uh, that race was originally set for June 18th, and it's been pushed to September 24th. Now, East Alabama Motor Speedway has picked up a June 18th Southern All-Star race. So, so they've pushed the, the Mike Head, uh, the, uh, uh, the, head, the Head Family Memorial, I guess is what you would call it now. Uh, they've pushed that back to the fall. East, uh, East Alabama, there in Phoenix City, uh, will host a race on June 18th in its place. And the Roscoe Smith Classic, uh, another you know, historic name, you know, Roscoe Smith, uh, Clint Smith down here in the, in the South, uh, that race has, uh, gone from $5,044 to win. I'm sorry, from $4,044 to win to 5,044. So it got a, a, a purse increase 
and that's going to be coming up May 21st at Sonoa. So a lot of good things happening with the, the XR Southern All-Star Series. And I'm, I'm really, from a, a Southern guy here, I'm really glad to see that series uh, stringing together some nice events for its uh, regional racers. Look at Robert on top of things, letting the people and listeners know at home the schedule changes. That a boy, Robert. I like that. Well, guys, we've been here for about an hour. I love seeing your faces every week here. Make sure people listening at home check out their written material. It is great as always. They've been working their butt offs here the last couple of weeks. They'll continue to work their asses off here in the future. Check out all the highlights on Dirt on Dirt. Go to Flow Racing to watch the live events. And guess what, guys? Illinois Speed Week is upon us. Starts tonight at Spoon River. We'll see you guys next week.